Hey guys, it's Kier here. On this episode, I'm going to do something a little bit different and I'm going to fill you in on my current fitness training. Um, today, I'm joined by my personal trainer. Yes, that's right. Uh, coaches need coaches too. And um, my trainer, Mark, and I connected over social media a few months ago. We, uh, we were working with the same business mentor. So shout out to Libby from Dietitian Boss. Hey, Libby. And, <laughs> and Mark and I have been pals since the beginning because we both believe in pretty much the same thing, which is empowering women to become physically and mentally stronger. So without any further ado, welcome to my show, Mark. No, thanks for having me. I'm really excited about this. We're going to talk all about uh, you and your training and uh, maybe bring out some things to light that I think will be really exciting. Yeah, me too. I think it's going to be really good. So Mark and I actually did a podcast on his show a couple of months ago, um, which you guys should definitely check out after this. That is money. Like that's right there on the dot. Like looks are going to change. Looks are going to fade no matter what we do. But like if you have that confidence that you know you could do something that you put your mind to, like that's everything. So yeah, yeah. I think it's it's a huge change and it's really something I try to describe is like not that people of course are going to try and look good and try to be good. That's not what, you know, like, that's, that's not the, you know, I'm not above that by any means, mm -hmm. but it's to build your confidence around an aesthetic focus. I find maybe you'll feel confident for a bit, but then either you'll get older or like, you know, you'll be the person with like the nice, you know, like the, the, the best physique. And then you have a new friend who has an even better physique. And then suddenly all that confidence that you built, is just drops. And that was, mm -hmm. that was not what I wanted. I wanted to be like, okay, like regardless of how I change over the years, I want to make sure that the confidence I'm building sticks with me. Like I own it. That's kind of the, the more important. It's not other people don't own my confidence. I own it. And that was really the focus that I tried to do. Even now it's, I have to strength training started all that for me. That was, yeah. that was how it was, it was created in the gym. It's crazy how that happens. Cause that happened with me too. And I feel like it's almost like those foundational years of like your early twenties where you know, I mean, it's not always the same for everyone, but it, I guess it's the same for us in the sense that like that was kind of our time to focus on ourselves and, and do us and like kind of become who we are. And that that period just gave us that confidence. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say for years, I had a very aesthetic focus. Like it was very like, you know, did arms five times a week, uh, very rarely <laughs> did legs, very much focused on, you know, like that, um, you know, that almost like gym bro physique was me for years. And I just found that for every time I gained confidence, there was always, you know, I would, you know, I started off at like 135 pounds and I got to 165 and then it's like, oh, but there's a guy who's 185 or it's like, there's a guy who, you know, is, you know, big, like has a better physique than I am. Or like, you know, even though I'm bigger now, uh, I'm still five, nine. And so I'm not six, one. And so that's kind of like the, like the looks was always the factor and I found that that just wasn't sustainable in the long term especially with mm -hmm. Instagram now like now you can't beat Photoshop like it's officially yeah. it's officially over <laughs> like it's, yes. it's never been so game over it's now like you just go on your feed and you swipe down and there's like 10 people and they're in perfect lighting and smiles and like they're just four percent body fat year round like that's like we're like we're officially like we might as well just compare ourselves to like Disney characters at this point like it's not even the, it's it's impossible at this point it's not 
it's I, that's so true there, there's never been so true. a better time to not focus on aesthetics in my opinion episode and um so your podcast is marky mark and the fitness bunch right yeah yeah that's okay cool yeah that's the name i'll link it in the show notes um but being on your podcast was actually the catalyst for me setting up my own podcast like we aired and then like the next day i'm like you know what that's it I'm doing this. Like I've been wanting to do a podcast for so long that like now I'm just going to go for it. So kudos to you for that. No, my pleasure. And it was a, it was a great episode to have you on, especially because we were talking about women and strength training, kind of the differences as well, which I think we debunked a lot of myths about like what women shouldn't do as well as like how to steer them in the right direction. So no, it was a great episode and I'm happy that you finally made your own podcast. Yeah, me too. So now I get to ask you the questions. Well, <laughs> All right. So to kick it all off, tell us a little bit about your personal fitness journey and how you got into fitness in the first place. Yeah, for sure. So basically when I was in high school, I was always active. I think that was one of the things, um, but not a huge amount of self-esteem or self-confidence. Um, had, had friends, things like that, but like definitely didn't feel confident in my own belief and definitely was not, I would say, like the hero of my own journey was kind of the best way that I would explain it. How I really got into strength training was really more of like a, a sadder story where my uh, girlfriend of two years at the time broke up with me. So it was very sad. It was a it was a tough time. And I tried to use the gym to reconcile that. Now, like year olds boy, I, you know, went into the gym with a very like aesthetic based focus, you know, being like, you know, big guns, no legs, uh, <laughs> very like going for that kind of look. And I did that for a while. I found that the problem I had with that kind of training is that it was a very situational type of confidence in the sense that it was about kind of who was in the room, more of a comparison. It was very like, you know, if I was big in the group, then like, yeah, I was high confidence. As soon as someone better looking, taller, bigger build, whatever you want to say, the, the confidence left. So I found that that kind of training didn't resonate with me because it was so situational based on the atmosphere. So I had a mentor who, you know, talked to me is like, you should, you should look into strength training, like very focusing on, as opposed to the weight on scale, on the scale, focusing on your own abilities in the gym, being able to do pull-ups, heavy deadlifts, things like that. And that has really drastically changed my life. I have to say for the better, that type of training has changed who I am. I have a lot more confidence now. I learned a lot of life lessons through that aspect. You're learning a lot about like working smart, but not hard, like setting smaller goals to, you know, build your confidence on the way to the bigger goal. And it genuinely has changed who I am. Confidence is much better than it ever has been. And it's also confidence that has been built through not necessarily how I look, but through like what I'm able to achieve. And that has been a lot better for me. It's given me the confidence to, you know, start my own business, run my own podcast, be a guest star on a podcast and like not feel nervous or like what is going to happen or like, am I the right person to be on here? All that has kind of gone away being like, yes, I have the confidence to, you know, go for what I shoot for. And yeah, I think that it's just been a, it's been a huge game changer for my life. Yeah, definitely. So what made you want to become a coach? Like, how did you arrive at your niche and all of that? Yeah, for sure. So I'll start with kind of how I became a coach. A lot of that was just getting really into fitness. And then it was the best way I knew how to help people, I think, is always something I wanted to do. I always wanted to make sure friends, family were okay and I could help them in whatever way. And fitness was just the best way I knew how to do that. So that was kind of how I started becoming a coach. 
the niche is a very interesting story as well because this happens a lot because my niche is women focused and as a guy i get this question a lot like how did you why are you solely focusing on women like what what is it about that and for me growing up there was a lot of people who have supported me and helped me and they were almost all predominantly women that was kind of the, the mentors that i've had in terms of trainers, uh, friends and family, um, you know, shouts to my mom, but like all these other people who really support, they, they were the role models of my own self growing up. So when I was thought like, well, how do I want to give back? The women niche made more sense for me. And it was also the group that I found I had more in common with, because when I started strength training women, they went through a very similar journey where they started off going in for aesthetic based goals. And then we started lifting weights and they realized that they could lift heavy without looking like a man and they could lift weights that they never thought were either for women or they thought that at least they thought they could never do. Mm-hmm. That was the confidence booster that they had. And I had a very similar goal. I had a very similar journey as well. So that's kind of how I came to this women focused niche. Sure. Yeah. So one of the examples that I had as well with yourself is like I saw your deadlift and it's Uh, we took from a side view and your hips would rise before your knees. Ideally in a deadlift, you want to be able to have them rise at the same time to use all the muscle groups and have like the full amount of strength that you can. Most people who have that problem, what usually that means is they're not able to create full body tension at the bottom and they're not able to use their back properly. Their legs are super strong. And this is actually really common with female lifters is they have a ton of leg training. Their legs are super, super strong but their back isn't ready to catch up to them yet. And so they're able to like, mm-hmm. they'll lift it off the ground, but then lockout gets really awkward. And they almost do like kind of like a good morning deadlift where it ends up being. And so what we've done a lot with you is we've really focused on creating like full body tension. We focused a lot more on back exercises to kind of get your back to catch up to where your leg strength is. And now it's, and it's gone results, which is amazing that, and this is kind of like how I develop programming is a lot of it is through video corrective feedback where the person sends me the video they're not like why am i not getting stronger i take a look at it this is why you're not getting stronger and then we create a program to improve that problem just curious do women ever think that you're like trying to pick them up or anything like that like when you kind of so this was a (laughs) slide into their dms and be like hey this was a a genuine concern (laughs) when i started to focus on women uh it was a real i even asked around i was like i asked my other like women friends and clients like if i just what did libby what did libby say uh <laughs> libby loved it actually uh yeah libby was like i would i would see that because yeah well libby was very like because very few people do this so it had a unique factor in a sense i asked so many women and i got everywhere from i would never hire a guy to i would only hire a guy like it was really all over the place and i think for myself i found like all right i think what's important is i just put out this non sleazy guy vibe is was the important <laughs> because that is a real concern, especially on the I like every every person I know. It is, you know, every person I know who's deep in the online world. There's been some dude who's been super creepy, right? So I think mm-hmm. for myself is putting myself out there and being like, okay, listen to me for ten seconds, and I'm clearly not trying to pick you up. Like this is not the goal, and that has really helped. Instagram stories has really helped that if I'm going to be honest, like uh, just being able to talk normally and be like, okay, he's not like, he's not objectifying women. He's not, he literally doesn't care what I look like. Like that's the, I think is, I think what helps is my niche too, is that my niche is not like, you know, 
um, get you beach season ready or like getting girls to have like the nicest ass or anything along those lines. Like, because I don't have that niche, I think has really helped. I think if I had a more aesthetic based niche that that barrier would be harder to cross. But, 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 yeah, I can totally but see because that. I'm like, I just want you to be able to do pull-ups. Like that is a lot different of an, like, like the conversations are different. I'm not, you know, I don't have to look at the mm-hmm. girls be like, Oh, like you're so yeah, your body's hot or whatever. I was clearly good at hitting on people. Um, and <laughs> I think like whatever, whatever the pickup lines people are doing in the world. Um, like I, it's, I think that has really helped just the fact that my focus is not based on their appearance that they're like, all right, he's clearly not trying to pick me up. I'm, he's not creating a dating scene via clients. Right. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, yeah. So um, I've been working for with you, uh, not for you, but with you for about eight weeks now. Right. Um, so I've been a fitness trainer for a little over seven years and I've done my own programming for the last five years. Um, but when we started talking, I just felt like I really needed to switch it up and just get an outside perspective and maybe have someone correct all my little bad habits that I've just, you know, acquired over the years. So, um, because I'm a coach myself, I felt like I was in this really like hard place of like, who the hell do I reach out to? Who do I hire? Because like, I know myself and I know how I would like to be coached, but you know, everyone's style is a little bit different. And, um, so after talking with you on a zoom call, I knew like almost immediately that you were like the perfect fit. Um, so I do want to dive into more about my programming and, um, like kind of what you've seen from me as a coach in a sense. So like, let's, I guess, just start with, um, can you talk a little bit about how you develop my programming? Yeah, absolutely. So when we were talking, you clearly had like a bench press tip for us and deadlift goal. So the first thing I do is figure out like, well, how do you want to get stronger? I think that's the focus is that all my clients want to get stronger, how they want to get stronger definitely does vary. Uh, pull-ups and deadlifts are pretty common, but like other than that, like it does range quite a bit. So the first thing I figured out was like, one, what is your goal? And then I send you some information like, okay, like how many days can you commit to? What kind of time frame are we looking for? Do you need short workouts? Are you good with longer workouts? Things like that. I think the best way that I develop programming overall is that I've become very good at looking at people's videos, like looking at your deadlift and then kind of immediately knowing how we can make you stronger. Like that's the thing that I think I've what what's made my programming really good and like has had pretty steady results across the board is that I can look at someone's deadlift and be like, what's holding them back is this. And then creating programming for that, like to improve that limiting factor. And I can kind of like, if it's okay with you, I'd love to like kind of use you as an example. And the, I think the videos is like, has been definitely for me, even like the most helpful thing, because I'll take the videos and then I'll look at them before I even send them to you. And like, I can already see what, you know, might not look right, but then you also kind of verify that and you're like, yes, like, so maybe change this and that. So that has been pretty much like the best thing for me. Um, It's been hard, I will say, because 
I don't like to stop my workout and like play with my phone and like change, you know, like set up my camera so that I can see myself. Like I hate doing that because I feel like it like stops my workout. But at the same time, like we, I've gotten to a point where I'm like, okay, I know that this is good. I don't need to video it and send it to them. But like this one, I might want a little extra help. For sure. Yeah. And I will say that like taking videos in the gym does take some getting used to for sure. That some clients can be hesitant about that at first. For me, the videos are such a useful tool because videos aren't going to lie about your back being fine or if there's something that you're missing Mm -hmm. or like a lot of the times, especially like not necessarily for yourself, but clients don't necessarily know why they're not getting stronger or they're not actually correct about it. So the video does though. The video is like, like when people have weaknesses or things that are holding them back, like you can see that in their movement. And so the videos really helped me, especially as like an online coach. And it's true, truthfully, the clients who send me videos, like get better results. That's like almost, almost every time. Yeah. Like I it's, and, it, and, and it definitely, yeah. I understand people's hesitancy over time. It gets a lot easier. And I would even say for myself, like this didn't happen immediately, but like, I'm at the point now where I have like a tripod that extends five feet that I bring to the gym. Like I do not, I do not care at this point. Because it is such a it is such a useful <laughs> tool for me, for my form that it's like yeah. I, at this point I don't care if people think I'm weird or like it looks like I'm like shooting a movie in the gym. Like it's not I I, I don't care at this point. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm quite up to that level. Um, I have no problem asking my boyfriend to take yeah. pictures or photos of me. That's fine, but um, yeah, don't think I'm at the tripod level status so, yet. It comes with time. <laughs> I'm sure it does. The day it happens, I'm going to text you or I'm going to message you and just be like, hey, look what I'm doing. Yeah. No, you don't need to do the tripod, <laughs> but like definitely taking videos are a real eye opener. And the client can see it too. So it's kind of like what, when I'm talking about like, you need to fix this, like I can point to it or I can like be like, see, here's what like, that's, yeah. everyone can be on the same page, which I think really helps. Yeah. So there's like three major things about your programming that I really, really like. Um, so one that is that, uh, the videos. I think that's really super helpful. Um, one thing I do want to talk about is my hand grip because I kind of knew this like going in that I've had really horrible habits that just developed over the course of me training, um, especially with bodybuilding and stuff like that. So like my hand grips on um, bench and deadlifts were a little wonky. Can you talk a little bit about? Yeah, what for sure. Saw? And again, this is where like the videos really come in handy. So Uh, You sent me, we'll start with deadlift. So deadlift, when you, especially for the sumo deadlift, you would bring your hands in compared to conventional. So the difference between conventional and sumo is the foot stance, but not the hands. Uh, The hands are actually going to be in the same spot. And especially for someone like yourself, who is shorter and has like smaller hands, it's really important for you to get some of the gnarling or some of like the part where your hand is supposed to be, even if it doesn't fit Mm -hmm. your build even if you get on there a little bit because the not using that the grip is so much more difficult that you would have to it it would be so much harder to lift and it would really slow down your progress so even just getting like half of your hand on the gnarling goes a long way and the common mistake i see as well is that people when they do sumo they bring their hands in and their feet out in conventional and sumo, your hand position is pretty much the same. There's no real need for changing some, there's some exceptions, but like for the most part, like your hand position is the same. So that's one thing we figured out, um, which helped a lot actually. And also helps you use your back more efficiently, which is great. And yeah. for the bench, 
the common the mistake I see is when they hold the bar, they cock their wrists back. And kind of the cue that I use is that you want your wrists in line, or your hands in line with your forearms, almost as if you're like, I'll use kind of an example, if you're to like hit a punching bag, you don't have your wrist cocked back, you have everything in line. And that the same mm-hmm. idea for the bench is that if you want full upper body power, you want everything in line. And so it's the same for the bench press. It takes a little bit more work to hold, but once you get used to that, like that your you know, bench can go up 10, 20 pounds just based off of that alone. Yeah. I still feel like it's kind of hard for me to fix that. And I have to like actually think about it when I'm working out, but I, it does, it feels so much better and I'm not like putting so much pressure on my wrist. Yeah, it keeps your wrist safe too. Exactly. And it also helps to uh, use your back more in the bench. That's a big part of benching as well. I find people have a hard time. Benching ends up being a full body exercise and having mm-hmm. your wrist straight helps you like incorporate your back and your chest and a whole bunch of other muscle groups to, you know, push through. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, the, it's all those little things that, you know, we don't even realize that we're doing until we take a video and send it to a coach or even just have someone there like watching us that it, it, seriously makes all the difference and um we'll get into my results in a little bit but you'll see how much like how crazy it does play a role into everything but um the second thing that i just love about the way you coach is that you check in on your clients weekly not monthly which is something i also do is like every week i'm talking to my clients it's not like here you go here's a plan for the month and you know hope you yeah, you swim yeah, like <laughs> kind of thing. So, why is that so important to you? And uh, like, why do yeah, you do absolutely. that? Absolutely. So, weekly is so much more valuable than monthly. Like, even if I were to just give you a goal, like say, okay, Kirsten, I want you to do this. You have thirty days. You would probably do what any other normal human being would do, which be procrastinated for twenty-eight days, and then do it in the last mm-hmm. two. Like, kind of that's the approach. It's too far of a timeline. And it's also that if my client has any problems, whether it's something feels off or they want me to check form or anything along those lines, if I can't get back to them in 30 days, that is so much training that I wasn't able to help them with, as opposed to weekly, where if there is a problem, we get to address that right away. And we're talking about one to two workouts that were a problem, not 20. Like, and that to me is if someone's going to invest in my coaching, like I I take it very seriously and I want to help them. And I just didn't see a monthly check-in doing that. I think that was, Mm -mm. you can only do so much in one check-in once a month. Right. I mean, and even like with one week, it's amazing how much actually happens within a week that like you need to talk about. Yeah. You know, like I throughout the time that I've been working with you, I've actually gotten sick twice, which is crazy. Cause I don't, I'm not normally the type of person that gets sick, but I guess like moving to a new state and living with someone for the first time, I, my what body's just like, on, what yeah. the hell is going on? <laughs> so I, um, I got sick like twice throughout this whole time. So like, I've checked in with you and I've been like, you know, I couldn't work out for the past three days because I got sick. But like the three days before that, like this, 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 this and happened. So it's like amazing how much actually still happens within a week that is so important to, you know, adjust. For sure. and, and imagine like if we only did monthly check-ins and you got sick twice, it's like, well, yeah, nothing changed. <laughs> like that, would have been, that, would have been, that would not have worked for the program at all. 
Exactly. Yeah. So um, the last thing I kind of want to talk about is um, the suggested weights that you have for me um, on my program. So every week you adjust what weights you want me to use per exercise, which is super helpful because I'm not sitting there going like, uh, I guess this one, you know? Um, So how do you know when I should increase my weights and when I should stay. Yeah, this is super helpful as well, because it also means that I can get feedback, not necessarily through like a video call or things like that. Like I get to know how it went. And the difficulties is my goal is always with my clients is for it to be a little challenging, but you're not like dying inside. So that's kind of like, I'm always kind of striving for like a seven or eight out of 10 difficulty. That's kind of the idea. So if you put five or six, I know that you probably breeze through that too easily. So either we need to up the weight or maybe change the exercise. And if it's nine or 10, I know that I probably pushed you too hard for that exercise. And we either need to keep it where it is and not increase it or decrease the weight because, and this kind of comes back to like the weekly check-in kind of thing. If something like destroyed you, like it just, it was the worst exercise. It was 10 out of 10 hard. You couldn't even do the reps. Uh, knowing this difficulty out of 10, <laughs> let you know that. And so for the next week, instead of having like a month of an exercise where you die inside, uh, we can adjust that and be like, okay, let's, let's make this more sustainable long-term. Yeah, for sure. I remember one exercise specifically where like I did one uh, set of it and I was like, absolutely not. Like this is not happening. <laughs> and it was those um, oh, yeah, contralateral yeah. planks. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm just not coordinated in that sense, but it was just like an epic fail. And I'm like, I don't even want to, like, like, this is just not for me. So I, yeah, <laughs> so I, I messaged you no. and I'm like, no, <laughs> these are the worst. <laughs> but I actually, um, I was doing, um, what do you call it? Like the, now I'm drawing the blank on the name, but where you're like on all fours and you're doing that instead of being in a uh, plank high position. Plank. I can't remember the name of what I'm trying to talk about. Um, it's, it's whatever. But I started doing that instead because I knew like that was a little bit better of a substitution. But um, yeah, you were so sweet enough to yeah, take that Yeah, for sure. Because I'm not trying to like, I want to help, but I'm not trying to like, I don't want you, yeah. Torture me and be like, I hate I this so much. Like, that mentality does exist in the fitness industry. It's like, you should go into your workout and just be crushed. Like that's kind of the idea, right? Like everything is 10 at 10 hard. Yeah. And for me, it's like, I want you to get better. I want you to improve and get stronger and like feel more empowered with your confidence. But well, one, if we're talking about confidence, like you going into the gym and getting crushed every time does not do that. And that's, I, I want you to Mm-mm. go in the gym. I would rather you, like, let's say your max is a hundred pounds. I would rather you crush 85, like just sweep it. than give you 110, you fail, feel worse about yourself. And then you got to do it again next week. That's not what I'm looking for here. I I would rather you crush a weight that's too light than not get the weight at all. Since working with you, um, we talked a little bit about full body tension. I've been doing a lot more of that. Uh, Can you explain what it is and some tips for people if they need to work on full body tension? Yeah, for sure. So full body tension is basically the idea that when you're doing these bigger lifts, uh, deadlift's the most common, but it does exist in other lifts, is basically the, the ability to use your full body in the exercise to its fullest effect. 
So I'll go back kind of the example with the deadlift. The most common example that I see with the deadlift is that their legs are strong enough, but upper body either isn't strong enough or isn't being used to the fullest extent. So a lot of what we have done is kind of teaching you like when you're lifting the bar off the ground that you're going to use your legs, but you're also going to use your back. You're also going to use your rear delts. You're also like using other parts of your legs. And by using all those muscle groups together, people can get a lot stronger, a lot faster. There's, especially if you were, if you weren't incorporating back before, well, if you use leg, like legs and back is always going to be stronger than just legs. And so, and this exists for bench squat, like hip thrust, like a lot of other exercises as well, is that if people are able to learn how to properly use more muscle groups at the same time, they're just going to get that much stronger, that much faster. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So when I came to you, I kind of came from complete inactivity. However, I've been training for a couple of years, but like since I came from just not really doing much of anything at all because of the HA, I um, I feel like my numbers started out really, really low. Um, but so I am really proud because I've been able to go up about 40 pounds on my deadlift, which means I've been like slowly increasing about five pounds a week. Is that normal? Is that something you typically see with your clients? Or like, what are some of the common themes that you see with your clients? Is that I get a lot of clients who come to me and they're deadlifting, I would say in like the early to late 100s, like their max is like 160 or something along those lines. And I would say the most common theme I see with my clients across the board is bringing them from like a 160 deadlift to like a 250 plus. That's, I would say is many of my clients have hit over 250 at this point that like, I almost want to be like, that's the number. Like I'm pretty confident at this point that like any client I work with, I'm like, if you want a 250 deadlift, like we can get you there. That's awesome. awesome. That's crazy. I don't so, know if I could ever I, do well, that. First of all, I think, <laughs> to be honest with you, 250, like that's way, that's like uh, more than well, double I'll, my I'll body give you weight. An example. So I had uh, an 18 year old uh, woman that I was working with. She weighed 125 pounds. And through working with her, we got her to a 225 squat, a 253 deadlift, and a 120 Holy bench. Holy shit. Uh, she was 18. She was getting used to powerlifting and she, and this is all like in competition too. So she actually qualified for regionals. So I, I think you have the potential Kirsten because I I've seen it happen. I've seen it through coaching them myself. Um, I just had a client that I shouted out last week who got 275. Um, this is definitely something like, like we can definitely, I know your goal is 200, but I, I, I feel confident in getting you to that 250. So what are some of like your biggest success stories like the power lifter, 18 year old, I think that's freaking um, amazing. It all depends on where they start too, right? Cause that's a big deal. Like if you, if you already, if you started at 225, yeah. 250, like that's not, that's less exciting. Uh, the client that I just started <laughs> out last week, I've been working with her for about five months now. Uh, she got a 275 deadlift, a 225, almost 230, just wasn't deep enough, a squat. And she got a 135 bench. Um, which were, and she went from not being able to, and to be clear, like the, the bench was at like 105 and we got her to about like 135. That was the, the difference. And we got her from barely being able to do one pull up to now being able to do five, um, which is always exciting to see and like much cleaner reps, much cleaner. And uh, she actually became a trainer herself, which is like super exciting. And I was just like, oh no, it's, it's like, no, no, no. Like I was like, 
Yeah. Like- Those are the best. Oh my God. I have so many clients like that who have gone on to like start coaching their themselves. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, yeah, like I have minions everywhere, to, like, forward, which I think is amazing. And <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of one of the more common ones that I've seen again, like that, that 250 mark I, I've hit on like a number of occasions. So I think that those, those are the ones. Well, also for myself, I just like love training people for deadlift. There's like a clear bias more than like, I, I do train people for other lifts, but like, I've already mentioned this podcast like six times. So clearly it's like my favorite lift. Like we, you and I just started doing uh, squats on my plan because I, when I first started working with you, I was like, yeah, I don't really care for doing squats so much. Um, And that's mainly because I just feel it a lot more in my lower back, which means I'm obviously not doing something right. Um, But (laughs) I just recently was like, hey, like let's start doing squats. And I can already like tell so much about myself and like how um like how much I've progressed already just by like I was able to actually do the 95 pounds of squats which normally for me like I would have to work up to that even which is crazy when like I've been training for so long but I just it's something that I don't really care for doing like squats are not my favorite but deadlifts all day for sure I could do them all the time um, I'll say as well is that especially for your squats, <laughs> I've already mentioned this to you, but I'll mention it on the podcast as well, putting you a little bit on blast is that, so yeah, sure. two things that really affect squatting are ankle and hip mobility. Those are like two, a lot of like mobility and stretching work needs to get done for people to have like a really deep squat. You have well above average hip mobility and below average ankle mobility, which is very interesting because I would say most people I know can't reach depth without good ankle mobility like it's just like they their their ankle doesn't travel far enough so they can't get a deep enough squat for yourself your hip mobility is so good that it almost like compensates for the fact that your ankles don't go that far and what's exciting about that is that Mm -hmm. when we improve your ankle mobility because it's something we can improve and make better that your squat number will probably jump up like almost immediately because then it'll, it'll allow you to use more muscle groups it'll allow you to um, really implement squat training in a way you you haven't been able to do so far. So I'm really excited. Like you're talking about that 95 now. I think we're going to see a big bump in numbers. So good. Watch out I'm for that. One. Stay tuned. All right, let's wrap this up. Where can people find you? Yeah, for sure. So I have a podcast as well, uh, Marky Mark and the Fitness Bunch. I have guests on as well. Definitely check out Kirsten's episode because that was a really good one. Um, the best places to find me are on Instagram at Training Strong Women. I also have a private Facebook group where I just put out free, I've been putting out free guides and content and really just giving women the tools they need to be as strong as possible in the gym. If people are looking for coaching, they want to be as strong as possible and like build inner confidence, which is really what I'm all about. The best place right now is on my website, which is markbreeden.com, just spelled like my name, where they can apply for coaching. And yeah, I am taking clients right now. And yeah, I think those are, those are, I'm trying to think if I've missed anything. No, those are the main ones. Cool. Awesome. That's perfect. Mark, I just want to thank you so much for coaching me, for giving me that extra accountability that I need. Of course, I could do my own programming if I wanted to, but just having that extra external accountability right now, I think is just so amazing. Plus having your support for the videos is everything. Um, obviously, you know, I kind of gotten to my own habits 
and having to take those videos and review them even before sending them to you I already see like things that I need to be changing plus getting your feedback is just like that reinforcement that you know there's things that I can still work on so it's been a really really good experience for me and I don't think that we can ever stop learning so I just really appreciate all your teachings and just little things here and there that have helped me become so much better not only as you know an athlete or individual but you know as a coach as well so thank you thank you thank you guys you really need to check him out go to his Instagram go to his podcast listen to the podcast that we recorded a couple weeks ago it's a really really good one Um, if you listen to this or that one please take a screenshot of the episode that you listen to and share it on your Instagram stories and tag both of us fun size nutrition and training strong women and let us know that you're listening that you enjoy this episode we really love that it lights us up and it also helps us create more content for you guys that you enjoy so thanks again for listening and thanks again mark for being here and until next time you guys bye for now 